Welcome back to the Seriously Stem Cells podcast, where we discuss everything stem cells. I'm Pim, and I'm Ayo. On today's episode, we are going to continue our exploration into the world of stem cells. Good morning, everybody. I apologize in advance that I might sound a bit nasally today. I basically have caught a cold in the UK weather, which is not a big surprise. But I'm very, very excited about today's episode, which is titled Stem Cell Therapy for Sports Injuries. I was inspired from reading an article and being a UFC fan and also a stem cell fan, obviously. to have read about a reigning UFC bantamweight champion called Elijah Main Sterling, who headed to the bioaccelerator facility in Madeline, which is located in Colombia, for a stem cell treatment on his injured bicep. I found out later that a similar mixed martial arts athlete also went to the same facility in Colombia to receive his stem cell treatment for severe conditions such as swelling knees, legs and bruises that have calcified into bones. What I got from this was that both athletes did not reveal what type of stem cell treatment that they underwent. However, it's a really good indication as to how stem cells are being regarded as this top tier treatment by the public and also sports professionals. Um, as you may know that a lot of sports comes with a lot of the injuries and the effect of those injuries on the athlete's performance, their success, and the financial profits that comes with it is quite large. Uh, even from college level to a professional career, sports injuries can cost from 1.2 to 45 billion pounds per year without accounting for the follow-up rehabilitation and recovery period Sometimes these severe injuries can also uh, risk ending the careers of some of these athletes. I think one of the examples I can think of is Dara Torres, who is a 12-time American Olympic medalist. She happens to be the oldest female to have swam for um, the Olympic as well. Uh, she's had autologous chondrocyte implantation or a stem cell implantation that generates cartilage tissues on her kneecap. And what I got from that was, although we might not really know if she would have made it to the next Olympic without the stem cell treatment, we do know that undergoing that treatment gave her the chance to make a sixth US Olympic team in London uh, for the following Olympic match that she has. And a similar story can be seen with a different athlete a very famous one called Kobe Bryant, um, rest in peace, uh, he recently passed away, but um, he has had a stem cell treatment for his knee after the 2010 NBA season and went on to recover from a quick rehabilitation period to join and had a great season in 2012. So for these individuals that have encountered sports injuries that could have maybe be predicted or prevented, but not really. Uh, these stem cells transplantations seems to really fit in with what they need, which is to optimize the process of repair, the recovery, and also post-injury rehabilitation. Um, it's a really big thing in sports medicine because of that.
However, we're not here today to talk only about the good sides of the stem cell transplantations we find in sports injuries, but also all the downsides that comes with it. Uh, this includes all the large price tags that comes with these types of treatments, and also some of the clinical um, downsides that we've overlooked, um, such as you know some of the stem cell treatments that have not had long-term studies. We may not know how it's going to happen or how it's going to react to the body after maybe 10-year period. So that's one thing to think about. I wanted to say this before we start the episode that it's a good idea to really understand the advancements of regenerative medicine for sports and particularly the aim of what we're doing today is to understand what stem cell therapies are how they work to treat those types of injuries and what are the ones that you should be looking for i want to start off with a general knowledge of stem cells that we have been speaking about ever since the first podcast episode they are basically cells that can self-renewal or basically self-regenerate and they can differentiate into different cell types depending on what type of stem cells you're using and the three main types that has been used in medical treatments include mesenchymal stem cells or MSCs, hematopoietic stem cells or HSCs and embryonic stem cells which is one of the most commonly known stem cells, I would say, and it is because of its pluripotency, which means that they can differentiate into three different specialized cells, um, ectoderm, endoderm, and mesoderm. It makes this type of stem cells a very good alternative treatment to injuries like spinal cord or other severe injuries that have occurred in athletes who undergo extreme sports like diving, skiing, rugby, horseback riding, and American football. However, because the embryonic stem cells are harvested from the inner cell mass of the blastocytes or the pre-implantation of embryos, it raises a lot of the ethical and legal questions as to whether it's all right to use this type of stem cells that's been basically taken from the embryos for research and treatment purposes. So. On the other hand, uh, lacking this ethical restraint is the mesenchymal stem cells, which can be an alternative for the embryonic stem cells. This is because the MSCs is isolated from various tissues like umbilical cord, endometrial pulps, uh, menstrual blood, bone marrow, and adipose tissue. Mesenchymal stem cells is also multipotent, which means it has more limited ability to differentiate into various cells. Unfortunately, this includes estoblast, which is a bone-forming cell, chondrocytes, which is responsible for cartilage, and some types of muscles. So this is a good alternative. However, it's quite difficult to home in and to mobilize this type of stem cells and even to create conditions where you can differentiate into the cells that you want, making it quite a challenge for stem cell transplantation. Uh, But good thing is it is already used to treat injury sites at the knee, shoulder, joints, and other muscle strains and tears. Last but not least is a hematopoietic stem cells that has a similar function to MSCs and is found in various places 
The good thing about this type of stem cells is that it's responsible for new blood cells, which can help improve in on spontaneous recovery of tendons and ligaments injuries that lack substantial blood supply and vascularity to support its own recovery efficiently. And that's why it's important. Now that we've have established the stem cells therapies that can be done with three different types of stem cells, I want to further explore the types of sports injury which can be treated with such stem cells. So predominantly, uh, the damage to the cartilage, tendon, ligament, meniscal, and skeletal muscles, as well as other joints, are associated with sports injury. And the problem with these injuries is that it has a slow and inadequate recovery rate, which makes for more scarring of the injured tissues, causing the reduced in the function of these tissues and an increased rate of re-injury. This makes uh, the regenerative properties of stem cells extremely attractive to treat these conditions. An example of the stem cell therapy would be a bone marrow-derived mesenchymal stem cell transplantation. It's one of the most common therapy that can promote bone formation or osteogenesis by increasing the production of osteoprogenitor cells. It does this as MSCs respond by differentiating into different tissues, including chondrocytes, osteocytes, and adipose tissues, which has shown an increased number of progenitor cells that have been directly related to the treatment's efficacy in the lack of infection and increased bone mineralization in several studies. The bone marrow-derived MSCs implantation has also been associated with other conditions, including osteonecrosis and osteoarthritis. Osteonecrosis is a condition where a loss of blood supply to the bone leads to bone tissue death and can be treated with autologous bone marrow MSCs. It has shown that the treatment works by decreasing the pain levels, delaying disease progression and reducing osteonecrotic lesions or reducing the dead bone cells. On the other hand, osteoarthritis is a degenerative joint disease due to the breakdown of cartilage, subchondral bone remodeling, and synovial inflammation. Synovial refers to the synovial fluids between the bones and the joints. The regenerative properties and anti-inflammatory effects of stem cells makes uh, the MSC stem cell therapy a perfect treatment that is both palliative and fast-acting through intra-articular injection or the injection directly into the joint area. The bone marrow MSC therapy has also shown improvements in cartilage, regeneration, and meniscus. Unfortunately for meniscus, the damage does not undergo spontaneous recovery um, like cartilage due to the lack of vasculature that leads to the insufficient blood supply. This means that the regeneration of meniscus needs the stem cells to differentiate into blood cells and other types of cells which can aid the meniscus recovery. This makes uh, MSCs a great candidate uh, to show um, that it can do all of these properties and also result in decreasing of the pain levels at that site. Um, although MSC has shown to improve conditions of these sports injuries, the difficulty of homing and engrafting, as we've mentioned before, makes and alternative therapies like platelet-rich plasma, or PRP, and adipose-derived stem cell therapy, or AFCs, 
a more attractive candidate as well. PRP is a non-cell based therapy often used for tendon repair by reactivating local tendon stem cells into tendon sites as a result of growth factors at the injury site, quite similar to the effects of stem cells transplantation really. Uh, and adipose derived stem cells refers to a type of mesenchymal stem cells that is obtained from adipose tissues where the storage of lipids and fats are found. Um, they are used for the cell therapy. It has overcome the complexity of homing the um, MSCs from the bone marrow by uh, processing the adipose tissue for the stem cells instead, which is easier to isolate and can be obtained in a much more substantial amount for the cell therapies. And it also has the ability, like the bone marrow-derived MSCs, to promote tissue regeneration by stimulating differentiation of mesenchymal stem cells into tenocytes and modulating the inflammation to reduce the immune response of the damaged tissue, making the pain levels less and making for better treatment uh, overall than the bone marrow-derived MSCs. And now that we have covered all the details of stem cell therapy and what type of injuries and sports they have treated, I want to summarize the episode with some advantages and disadvantages of considering stem cell therapy for treatment. The key benefits of stem cell therapy is its functional plasticity, which means that it can differentiate into any cell type that we need, and its self-renewal properties means that it can reproduce itself in unlimited amounts, that is particularly beneficial in repairing sports injuries compared to traditional methods. It can activate faster healing and reduce recovery period from the injury due to its regenerative properties. It can reduce inflammation at the injury site because of the growth factors and the anti-inflammation effects that it has. It can also prevent future inflammation by getting rid of all the dead cells at the injury site to prevent the immune response from attacking the injury site and create more inflammation. And especially to provide regeneration of the injured cells and tissues by allowing injured tissues such as bone, cartilage, tendons and ligaments to undergo its own self-recovery period. And it also allows the non-self-recovery tissues and meniscus to have all these stem cells and regenerate all of the injured tissues there as well. However, the disadvantage of these therapies comes in many forms. First is a high cost that is attached to this type of therapy, which limits the treatment access and affordability for many. This is rooted in the types of stem cell therapies that can be distinguished into two ways autologous and allogeneic. Both are differentiated by the source of stem cells they obtain from. The autologous are the stem cells that are harvested from the patient's own body, whereas the allogeneic are the stem cell that has been harvested from a donor. From affordability perspective, allogeneic therapy is much more attractive as they are manufactured in a large batch for various patients, making scaling up the production quite easier, uh, resulting in the therapy becoming less complex, more cost-efficient, and obviously cheaper. Another distinction for allogenic therapy is that it is regulated as a biological product and are produced under good manufacturing product, or GMP, whereas autologous therapy is unregulated by the government. 
So in conclusion, allogeneic stem cell therapies have benefits in simplifying the therapy itself, non-invasive, and also much more convenient and autologous methods. And apart from the treatments themselves, misconception of the current stem cell therapies can lead to mistreatment of such therapies, bringing us to the second disadvantage of stem cell therapy. The incidents where injured athletes or individuals travel to a different country to seek out stem cell treatments, which are restricted in their own country, this is known as stem cell tourism. What many institutions and foundations of stem cells have recognized and warned people is that the lack of clinical evidence for the safety and efficacy of such treatments that can be found abroad can be quite dangerous. There are advertisements of exaggerated stem cell treatment that resulted in, you know, based on anecdotal and patient testimonials from clinics, can shape the patient's expectations of the treatment outcome, which isn't always good. The public opinion may leave negative imprints on advancing stem cell therapies and bypassing an evidence-based assessments, including long-term follow-up studies and addressing adverse events that can be found in some types of stem cell therapies, which are all critical in the development of a high-quality stem cell treatments. I'll put an example of a case of Mr. Glass, who have had stem cell therapy at clinics in Mexico, China, and Argentina. He paid tens of thousands of dollars each time for the injection in the hope of recovering from a stroke that he had in 2009, which has left him uh, with his left arm quite useless and his left leg quite weak. Now, after an operation of stem cells transplantation that costs 300,000 US dollars, he is paralyzed from the neck down except for his right arm, and he needs a hoist to move from his bed to a wheelchair, and his doctors do not know how to stop the tumor from growing. This case only serves to prove the danger that lies in unregulated stem cell therapies. And in conclusion to the whole episode itself, I want to leave you away with the notion that the use of stem cells in regenerative sports medicine is a rapidly growing with a wide range of potential to use as therapies to treat uh, different types of injuries by promoting regeneration of injured tissues, reducing inflammation, and preventing re-injury associated with bones, cartilage, tendons, ligaments, and meniscus in both clinical and preclinical studies. However, there is a need first to understand the function of these stem cells through long-term studies so that we know that they are doing what we want them to do uh, intentionally and being able to identify the safety and efficacy of these treatments over a 10 year period of time or more for injuries specifically in sports. For stem cell transplantation to be beneficial, other factors have also been considered prior to undergoing the process, which can last up to weeks and is irreversible. These factors may be uh, from age to gender to also the comorbidities that comes with um, prior to the treatment that could affect the treatment outcome. All in all, the progress that is seen in various types of stem cell transplantation for sports medicine, as well as PRP therapies, 
the recipients of these treatments must be aware of the downside, including the high cost and the undergoing falsely advertised stem cell treatments, because no one wants to go through a treatment and not knowing how the outcome is gonna get if it's gonna be what you bargain for. So. It is worth thinking about these things in the long term and how stem cell treatments is going to affect your body、um, over ten year or twenty years period of time. Make sure to join us in our next episode and check out our blog post at seriouslystemcells.wordpress.com/forward/slash as we continue our exploration of stem cells. But for now, from me, Pim, and from me, Ayo, have a lovely day, and don't forget to take stem cells very seriously. <laughs>